www.staggeringstories.net podcast series one number two the difficult second album Well, welcome to the uh, Staggering Stories podcast. This is number two in a series of God knows how many. Too many. Yes, too many already, <laughs> I think. Uh, I'm Tony. I'm Adam. And I'm Andy. And we're here to entertain you. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be one of those evenings. Now, um, yeah. a couple of people apparently claim to have enjoyed our last podcast, our pilot episode. Um, I call the liars. <laughs> a bit of cash helps, that sort of thing. I call yes. them seriously misguided. Ah, oh, there's probably going to be some sort of treatment available soon. Again, I'm afraid our companion, Keith, is unable to make it. He tripped over a blade of grass on his way here, and uh, he's been shipped off to the Ashbridge Cottage Hospital. Mm, That's the mentally incompetent. Hopefully before the end of the show we'll be able to find out how he is and, you know, let you know how he's getting on. Mm, yep. Could be posted. Mm, yeah. There's a couple of things we've got to mention. First of all, basically, we've a slight change in the audio setup. So if we sound any different, there's a reason for that. Adam spent a small fortune on microphones and mixing desks and microphone yeah. stands and leads, some of which even work. Some. <laughs> and quite frankly, uh, hopefully, uh, even with we've got a fairly professional setup now. Mm. Relatively, yeah, low end, very much so. Low I mean, end, but I mean, it's a lot of headset than mics. Yeah, yes. I mean, when I walked in and saw the uh, microphones and the boom stands, I thought yeah, I was very impressed. I mean, both Tony and Adam said all we need now is a doped up sound uh, engineer to um, do all the mixing and such. But very much so. <laughs> all we found was uh, Bill Nye wearing a long wig. Sure, it was Bill Nye, yeah. not Bill Cook. I don't to tell them apart. Well, well, that is true. But, yeah, I mean, the place looks like Doctor Who's Tardis. And by <laughs> Doctor Who's Tardis, I mean Peter Cushing. Oh, yes. Doctor Who. Very Doctor Keith Who, Edward. Very Keith Robinson. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we've got soft centres. Throughout the show, uh, well, we, we've discovered a, a um, vial, and I think I'm probably going to actually recommend that it be called a vial of stuff from the local... Chicken eatery. Yes. Uh, no pizza poetry this time around, I'm afraid. Uh, so deeply distressed by that. However, um, Adam and Andy are going to, in turn, have a good look at this vial of sauce. It's pretty it's disturbing come, already from back here. It comes without any description. It's a, just this clear plastic tub of. When you say gunk. vial, do you mean V I A L or V I L E? I will tell you at the end of the show. Okay. But I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be vile, V-I-L-E. Uh, but they're all each going to have a guess at what the actual contents are. We can see them, yeah. and very possibly they can see us. Uh, <laughs> it's and moving. at the end of the show, I'm actually going to be tasting the stuff, and I'll let you know what it is. Oh, forward to? <laughs> yeah, possibly. <For> <laughs> okay, what we're going to start off with is a history of the website. If we can remember ourselves, it, it a, was a while ago. A neat trick, a potable history. Because, I mean, the first podcast, fair enough, you've listened in. But it's only fair you get a brief idea of what that, how it all came about and what it is. Because it is a bit of an odd site, in all fairness. The saddest yes. site on the internet, I think we can proudly claim. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. Bear with us. This goes back a long time. So, um, 
our memories aren't particularly perfect on this, and we may get things wrong. As we frequently do. Yes. Or we may just Perhaps. basically spice things up a little bit to make ourselves sound better. Well, it comes back to probably private lives. Ah, yes, private lives. How the hell do I describe private lives? Hmm. Get, a, get a hold of a copy of License Denied by, from Virgin Books. That should tell you about private. All you need to know about private lives. The whole idea was I was basically going to collate all the material, write a little bit myself, and generally oversee things. But every issue, somebody different would actually edit the thing and put it together. I then take all that back and copy it and give it out. So the first issue was Paul Cornell and Stephen O'Brien from SFX. Well, he wasn't in SFX then. He was only itty bitty producing yeah, it wasn't purple haze. SFX back then, was it? No, it wasn't. This, this is this is before SFX. Yes. Which is what is it? Nineteen ninety odd. This is ninety one. So Paul and Steve were the first one. Right. The second one was by somebody calling themselves Gary Russell. Okay. I honestly think that Marvel Comics saw his sterling work on our fanzine <laughs> and promoted him to editor of Doctor Who magazine. Yes. <laughs> uh, the third one was by David Howe and Steve and Mark Stammers, not Stephen James Walker. Should have been in the frame, all of the frame people, but Stephen had something else to do, so it was Mark and uh, David who did that. Okay. And that's where the staggering stories of Ferdinand de Vargas got ah. first mentioned. The old clip art. Thing. Yes, using clip arts. Based on the television series of the same name, mm-hmm, that's right, which used old clips and redubbed them. That's where staggering, the staggering stories of Fernando Barcos first made its yeah thingy. Now moving on a little bit down the line, I'd moved down to Crawley and yeah. met up with Keith, yep. Adam, yeah. other people. Too numerous to mention. In all fairness, there's an awful lot of them. And every Friday night, as was then, yes, we did role playing round at Keithy's house. And this is before he moved out of a tent. And a tent. A tent. Quite a grand tent. It, it was. It was more a marquee than a tent. Yes. But it was a tent, nonetheless. A tent. Yes. Floating on Tilgate Lake on little anti-gravity pads. That I might be lying. <laughs> I don't know, because it was so long ago. Well, memories do tend to get blurred. <laughs> or I'm just getting very good at bullshitting. <laughs> or not. Now, Friday nights she used to roleplay. We did. Thank you. <laughs> I've just thrown something at Andy, just for the sake of it. Machete. <laughs> Pertree's head. <laughs> ah, yes, it's there, looking at us. Don't worry, folks, Pertree's head is still here. Yep. She used to decay a little bit, but... Uh... Looking very benevolent, I think. Yeah. What we need to do is set fire to it so we can imitate the title sequence. <laughs> Won't thank you for that. Don't think your insurance people will either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to continue. Right. I joined up with this lot, and because I happen to like a certain television program quite a lot... EastEnders? No. I don't believe there is an, uh, an EastEnders RPG game. They tried it. The trouble is, normally after halfway through one scenario, yeah. at least one player would kill themselves. They'd be yeah. that depressed. I wanted to roleplay Doc Cotton. Did you really? You realise that has been recorded and there's a good chance I'm actually going to take it out of contest and just place it anywhere I like throughout oh, any podcast that, yes. from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alan. Anyway. <laughs> Adam, in the meantime, was brewing up an idea. I was. You were. And it was the website. Oh, the website. Oh, that thing. Um, where the hell did that idea come from? You'd already done some music for the role-playing game. Inspired yes. by the role by, by which time, of course, Crumbly here was uh, 
here. Yep. Yes, I mean, I was a relative newcomer to all this. Um, he was only 16 when he joined us. Look at him now. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a bow. <laughs> I mean, let's just say, I mean, to start off with, it was very much an Alice in Wonderland moment with the Mad Hatter. <laughs> Hang on, come on. Which one of us is which? <laughs> well, I don't like to draw comparisons. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just using a gen. I'm just using this as a generalisation. That's all, really. I mean, I was this wide-eyed innocent at the Mad Hatter's tea party. Everyone crammed up one end of the table, going, "Make room, make room." <laughs> okay. Curiouser and curiouser. Anyway, so. You had this idea for the website. Yeah. Now, was it just a pet project or? Well, the idea was we had was music, MP3s, etc. You'd done for the role playing game. We all had we had all these stories, that, great stories Keith had come up with. We wanted to write down, and share with people. We had content left over from private lives. We wanted to put back up somewhere where people could find it, like secret log. Oh yes, Jean-Luc secret Picard. log, Jean-Luc Picard. Excellent, oh, yeah. excellent. By Tim Munro. Yep. We had. A lot of stuff from Karen as well. So the whole concept of the website basically is just a collective place to put all these ideas. Yeah, basically. Share it all, keep it there so in years to come we can look back on it and think, oh yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. Or, oh my God, did I do that? Yes. (laughs) I don't think the idea was really for anybody else. I think if anybody else... Saw it and enjoyed it. That was the bonus. Yes. We, we did the web... We still are doing the website for ourselves, more than anything yeah. else, because it's our own tiny little world. <laughs> um, it's grown. The site's huge now, in all fairness. Yeah. The last time I looked, there were about 360 web pages to it. Yeah. Uh, we'd never have thought we'd have got that far. It keeps going. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Bacchany Chronicles has stalled slightly, but that's just due to practicalities in yeah. real life. That should um, be returning shortly. Yeah, there's going to be new trailers for the new stories. We're going to at least take it up to the end of Series 1. Yeah. Which will end on a cliffhanger. I can tell you that much. The story arc for Series 2 has already been seeded in Series 1. We're up to what season in role-playing? Three or four, I think? Uh, uh, season... Series 4. We finished Series 4 in role-playing. Yeah, series two, series 2 has already been seeded. And, and a hint to Series 3. The end of Series 2 and all of Series 3 has been put in as well. Uh, which I'm not going to say anything about. It's That's one of those things you're going to have to find out about when it, ever, when it gets written in 2050. Before we carry on, I think we ought to give a quick example of private lives. Okay. Yep, that's fine, yep. Okay. So what we've got here is, this is from the very first issue. This is the one that was remixed by Paul Cornell and Stephen O'Brien. What happened to them? Um, oh, well, okay, we've got a flowchart here, which we, I'm going to read out, and the guys are alternately going to give us an answer to. Okay. 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 So it's how to be Paul Cornell at the tavern. Okay. At the Fitzroy Tavern. So you enter the tavern. Is there a female fan visible? No. No. Doesn't seem likely. Okay. Go to the bar. Will anyone buy you a drink? Not likely. Not the tavern. No. Buy a drink. Is anyone here to buy an article off you? All right, I'll answer yes. Do they know it yet? No. Okay, persuade them. Sell. Is anyone here to buy an article off you? Somebody staggered in. Okay, okay. Do they know it yet? They do. They do. Excellent. Sell. Is anyone here to buy an article off you? <laughs> no. Run <right> out. <laughs> okay. No. Is anyone here not boring? 
It's a tavern. Uh, they're all boring. Like us. That'll be a no then, yes? Yeah. Okay. Tentative no. Talk to somebody boring and make their day. <laughs> <laughs> Will anyone buy you a drink? No. Buy a drink. Is anyone here to buy an article off you? <laughs> it's a long Thursday night. <laughs> and so it goes on ad yes, infinitum. Yes, yes. Um, eventually, is there anyone here not boring? Goes to, uh, if you answer yes, it's talk to them. Okay. And then, are you pissed yet? No. Goes all the way back to, will anyone buy you a drink? And back in the loop. Failing that, are you pissed yet? Yes, go to Andy Lane and say, fibby, fiddy, iddy, duddy, fubby. Okay. Of course, you missed that whole section here. We... Is there a female fan visible? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. section. Go up to her and say, Hi, I'm Paul Cornell. <laughs> Does she know who you are? Yes. Nope. Back then, probably not. But... Well, okay. Uh, well, no, 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 no. Uh, well, if it was yes, you'd boast. Yep. If it was no, you'd tell her. <laughs> okay. Does she want you to suck her toes? Her uh, what? <laughs> toes. Oh, oh, okay. oh toes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. Suck away. <laughs> Has the time come to opt for a gay lifestyle? <laughs> what? <laughs> this Hang is on, what... I printed this. Who wrote it? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's anonymous. Ah. Oh, no wonder. Probably. Uh, first things first. I want you to pick up that bit of plastic there. Okay. With the sauce. All right. Without opening it, investigate it. What? What do you make of that? What do you think that could be? Well, it is kind of reddy brown colour. It's, uh, it's fairly fluid in there. It's got looks like black bits. I think they're yeah, they're not not alive. Are you sure about that? Oh, it could be crawling. Could it a little be bit. connect anything? Could it be connected with the head of Pertwee? It could be a sinus fluid. Pertwee had bright sort of reddy browny sinus, sinus fluids. <laughs> After his head severed. It. <laughs> it I don't know, if I had to make a guess. I'd say it is blood of a newborn. Right, that's Adam's guess that the chicken company have sent us. The blood of a newborn. <laughs> a little later on, Andy's going to be investigating the package. You wanted to talk about Star Wars. Okay, well, general idea, really, is to have something everybody can relate to. So everybody within a certain age range, of course, remembers the original trilogy when it came out, their childhood, perhaps, during that time. Small Ewoks. Yep. You're in the park. Drawings for goalposts. You know. <laughs> oh, you know. Yes. Well, I myself, I was born way back in 1974. At a very early age. I'm not sure you were born. Well. Generated, possibly. 1974 I came along. So I was about three, maybe coming on to four when it Souls, the original Souls came out in the UK. So you were Lucas's target age range. Probably. <laughs> now, I'm told I went to see that film at that age. I can't remember it at all. So all you know are the digitally enhanced versions. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, that's not true. But, <laughs> but I do remember everybody at school was talking about it. And it was a couple of years later, of course, back in well, the Empire days. Everybody had the toy figures, Palatoy or Nowadays, Kenner, was it here? I think nowadays everybody's regretting dumping them. I still got mine in the loft. So oh, that's your pension sorted. Yeah. I still got a few in their boxes, too, oh. unopened, the blister packs. That's what I was going to say. Are they in their original pension? Is this from, yeah. originally from the seventh, the late 70s? Yeah. Good God. Yeah. Palatoy. I think they were, aren't they? It was, was it Kenner in this country. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted, really, to try to ask you two what memories you had of that era. Well, this is the 70s. It's not my strong <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> well... 
I suppose I'd say I found about Star Wars was a report on the news. I think it's ITV News. They were talking about this film that, well, literally taken the US by storm. Well, they showed a clip, a clip from the film where um, they're all on the on the uh, Millennium Falcon and they're being chased by these Imperial Tie Fighters. And for some strange reason, the first thing that came to mind was the Doc Smith's Lensman series because I was reading that at the very. How old were you? I was, uh, let me think, thirteen at the time. You geek. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> reading the lensman series at 13 yes <laughs> geeky 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 <laughs> i call thee geek carry on <laughs> and i shall carry on there are certain type, well overtones to the uh star wars trilogy that do sort of strike me sort of, uh strike a resonant cold you know sort of the basic premise of a good versus evil sort of uh, the banding together sort of disparate and very sort of different personalities in in the pursuit of a name, sort of namely sort of fighting against the Empire and other things like that, really. Do you hmm. find it's possibly a little bit cliched? I mean, it follows the typical standard hero arc thing. That, I mean, JMS tried to use the Babylon 5. Yes, that standard literary thing. Yeah. Yes, because all the Star Wars characters forever. speak at normal speed. <laughs> we're heading into Sinclair territory. Um, well, what was around before that? So, being thirteen, you would have seen a lot uh, of films. Hang on, hang on that. a second. What was the name of it? What was the name of it? Had uh, Robert Vaughn in it. It was like a space age Magnificent Seven. Oh, good grief! Was uh, that ba- before Star Wars? Battle Beyond the Stars. Was that? Was that the one? I think that was one of its contemporaries. Okay. Well, before that, you had uh, was it Silent Running? Silent Running. I mean. That was that was very much a film with a message. That was namely a very strong ecological theme. Doctor Who got that first. Carry on. Um, <laughs> Wait for his time, but uh... <laughs> for the year it was made. I mean, okay, it featured um, who? Who is it? Bruce Dern. I don't know. Mm, that's. I think that's his name. He always seemed to play characters that went slightly bonkers towards the end of the film. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean. hmm. Fair enough. Um, that's on the eye. Being such a young child at the time, I have no. Mm. But Real so, memory of what came before. Silent Running was a very sci-fi good film, films are very much on their way out. They were they didn't have the budgets to them. It was pretty cruddy. I know stars meant to be a big thing. It was. Uh, it, it was took production levels and everything else to a whole new level. Yeah. And suddenly it became wow. You you could immerse yourself into it. Whereas like before there was always something that would it creaked. You know, it was like watching old Doctor Who on the big screen. The only thing legacy. was, with Star Wars, it did spawn a hell of a lot of imitators. Sort of, admittedly, sort of second and third rate. Battlestar Galactica. I was going to mention that, actually. <laughs> the original Battlestar Galactica we're talking here. Biddy, 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 biddy. Sorry, that was Buck Rogers. Yes. Um, <laughs> same. I remember going to see Star Wars. None yep. of this episode three, four, five, no, six nonsense. Didn't have Star that Wars. Mention. That's all it was. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yes. Um... I had the mumps. Okay. I didn't know it at the time. Watching Star Wars can give you mumps. Well, no, I had the mumps. All oh, right. I didn't know. Now, this is back in the days where cinemas had two tiers of seating. They had, a, like, a balcony area oh, yeah. uh, over the top of the ground floor people. Now, like a normal theatre. Yes. Uh, yeah, basically. Um, anyway, there's a scene in at the end of the dogfight where it's almost a cockpit view where they fly into the trench, the, mm, the long trench. And on the big screen, it was actually quite dizzying. <laughs> to watch <laughs> and it got to this bit and they flew in and i got dizzy and i threw up <laughs> you were in the circle were you no no i was downstairs at the time. Uh, oh, right. 
Oh, fear not, my children, for there is a lovely little thing to this. Now, my friends who I was with, they did point at me and they did do laughing. Um, I was obviously ill for a couple of weeks with mumps, where basically I achieved the look I now have of being that fat, but due to illness. Went to see it again a fortnight later. Again with my friends. I had with me a carrier bag. (laughs) Okay. You see, every now and again, if somebody takes a piss at me, especially on a practical joke, I will get my revenge. Inside this carrier bag was some minced beef, (laughs) some tomato skins, a few bits of carrot. Diced carrots. Possibly. All liberally sprinkled with parmesan cheese. (laughs) They carried on into the downstairs area. I carried on upstairs. (laughs) Waited to... uh, a certain point in the film, which had to do with, with trenches and cockpit and, uh, views. diving and, into the trenches. And uh, then made the most god-awful <laughs> noise and tipped it over the balcony on top of them. There more <laughs> people behind him in front of him. <laughs> there could have been some splatterage. <laughs> well, Suffice to say, I wasn't the only board. one actually being... Well, I wasn't being ill. One or two others were. Because <laughs> <laughs> the smell and the thought of it all got to them... Actually, it might not be my friends who were ill, but certainly I know one girl was. Dear. dear. Oh, dear. Um, what a hooligan. It was funny. <laughs> Got my own back on. Serves them right. But no, I remember I, I remember seeing this thing on Blue Peter. They had the, the, the Falcon's cockpit, right. and they showed a couple of clips. And I, I do remember going to see it, and it really, it really was an event thing. You wanted to go back and see it time and time and time and time again. Because it just was so different and so refreshing. Yeah, all right. People can mock the um, mock the dialogue and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, it's very well, easy to look back at something like that now and mock it. Yes. Where at, at the time, again, context at the time, it really was a blast of fresh air. Oh, good grief! Very much so. Yeah, but going back to what you're saying about dialogue, I means all that was never George Lucas's strong point. Neither was meddling with the films he's made. <laughs> yes. Neither was doing a second trilogy. That's another topic, that is. Wow. Mm, we'll possibly discuss the second trilogy of Star Wars. Or was it the first trilogy of Star Wars? I just don't know. It confuses me. Um, we'll discuss that another time, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, dear. First things first. Here we go. Are you ready? Brace yourselves. It's Doctor Who. The Daleks could be behind Saxon, for all we know. So, the Daleks were behind Mr. Saxon, were they? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Care to retract? It was just a theory. Uh, more of a hope that it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it wasn't. Mm-hmm. There, there was a moment there when I thought maybe they would be when the Toclophane mm-hmm. was opened up. And that, dear listeners, is tantamount to an admission of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me, I wasn't there. I didn't do it. So, let's do this in order. Utopia. Utopia. That it's... didn't really lead anywhere. Well, it's like the season itself, I thought, in the t- good start, particularly with Jack grabbing hold of the TARDIS and all that. Well, I might have changed from Graham Knowlton. <laughs> You're obsessed. <laughs> and then an excellent ending with the unveiling of the Master and a big dip in the middle. Which mm, with the mu- Dalek sitting on that man's head. Yeah, exactly. Very similar to the season itself with the big dip, I thought. Like the series itself. Good start. Excellent finish. I have to admit, I, hold, I like the whole idea of the Keeper 
and you know the source having trouble with no hang on what? that's the wrong return of the master i'm thinking keeper of track and logopolis and castro valva bear with me i'll catch up with you um uh hang on a second i always dress for the okay gotcha right himself after the 80s so say jacoby was an excellent excellent I, I enjoyed the whole of Utopia. Really? Yeah, it was a nice, quiet program. It re- did rely an awful lot on the pro- program's own new continuity. Yes. A bit too much running down corridors, more like the, the whole future humans, a bit... Extraneous. Yeah, just kind of the monster of the week. Can we actually take Utopia as a single entity? Yes. You I think... think? Yeah, because it, it obviously sets up the, the final two-parter. Mm-hmm. Two I think it was a not... duo in, two, in three parts. Okay. There's no reason why Utopia couldn't have happened in the middle of the season. Doctor go off do something else, and then and now the master back. have got his TARDIS. Well, okay. Explain anyway those points, but the actual two stories aren't otherwise linked I think, directly. I think it's very much a scene setter for the last two stories. Oh, very much. It's a lead up to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very much so. I'm not sure it sets the scene so much. It just gets the pieces in place for it. Jacoby certainly saved it. However, I still think there was more to it than that. It really was that particular... I think Utopia was a reward for people who'd stuck with the programme. Things were going to be explained to them and you were going to get this build-up of tension. What the hell's going on here? You see the pocket watch come out. For, for a start, I mean, you got Jack back. You got you enjoy the interaction of them. You get the explanation of Jack and you know, the conversation between him and the Doctor. And then, whilst that's going on, slowly you get the, the reveal of the pocket watch... Which was excellent. And okay, so what the hell's going on here? And slowly, the soundtrack building up, Ainley, Delgado, and whatever. Tell you where for that. No, 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 trust me, they were there. I heard it. Um, And, of course, he finally opens the the watch, and Jacoby was superb. He just changes on the sixpence there, becomes so ice cold and, and vicious. And then, of course, you get the regeneration. Which, and let's just face facts here, Sim was bonkers. <laughs> nice little um, reflection of the Doctor's regeneration. Yes. New teeth, new voice. Yeah. And as mad as cake. And oh. all that hopping around, all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah. Not quite hopping. Exactly. Well, manic energy. Yeah. Uh, I did like it. I mean, I can't understand the future kind was a little bit. But that was just that was just window dressing, the future kind it stuff. It was. It really they was just there. Couldn't as pat- afford... Decent monsters, so they dressed up a few people in biker costumes and mm-hmm. got a threat. Pointy teeth. Yeah. It's a bit unfortunate. But, but that, 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 I mean, that whole Utopia had a single purpose. Yeah. Um, and that was to set up the final two episodes. That's it. And it had Jacoby in it, which basically raised it considerably. It's a shame they made it so offhand, the, uh, the killing of Jacoby's master, to turn him into uh, yeah. John Sim. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see more of Jacoby. It's a bit of, it's like McCoy's regeneration into uh, McGann, except even less so. Kind of gets shot, and then immediately regenerates. Mm. It's yeah. a shame. Oh, well, could have been worse. Could have been Baker's regeneration into McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it, I would have liked to have seen more of Jacoby as a master. Yes. I that, think Jackie quite a... likes the idea himself, actually, according yeah. to DWM. He rather enjoyed it and wouldn't mind coming back and doing it again. Maybe he can. Well, we don't know. So here it comes, the sound of drums. Here come the drums, here come the drums. Let's take the sound of drums first as the setup. Okay. 
What do we reckon then, boys and girls? Actually, sort of Keith came out with a very valid point about John John Sims Master. Okay, sort of, whereas um, Anthony only and uh, sort of <laughs> Delgado. Delgado. I mean, they're very suave. They're very <laughs> suave, very debonair. They had that sheen of sort of, you know, sort of debonair sort of suaveness and well, such. Well, it's only Delgado. Wouldn't yes, but, say about Anthony, in all fairness. But underneath, I mean, sort of, they showed the occasional flash of sort of callousness and, well, the psychopath, basically, the master was. Yes. Certainly yeah. Delgado had a real sense of menace about him. Mm, yeah, menace being the very, you know, it's a very appropriate word, that is. Whereas John Sims' master, I mean, the comparison that immediately comes to mind is that of Jack Nicholson's Joker. Okay. I mean, to say, sort of, yeah, lots of manic energy sort of twitches, you know, sort of, I mean, sort of, he was openly sort of psychopathic. He was completely off his head. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, but, yeah, completely hat stand. I always think about it as Delgado is kind of the evil Pertwee. <laughs> they're, they're very similar and they're very, they're quite lame. Well, do you want Delgado's head as well? <laughs> well, of course. Put a bid in the eBay for that. But, um, <laughs> they're, they're both quite, uh, quite laid back. They're both quite establishment. They're very similar sort of characters, except one has got the medicine kind of bad side and then you've got Pertwee as the more heroic. And then the same with with Sim and Tennant, both slightly manic, full of energy, except Sim's master is kind of the evil version of Tennant's Tenth Doctor. That's how I see it. They're, 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 they are mirrors of each other. I think that's quite deliberate. I think if you brought in a Delgado-type character, it would work well, but it wouldn't reflect the Doctor in, mm, in any way. Really. I mean, I'd say sort of a new master for a new series... Yeah. I mean, whereas Delgado and uh, Ainsley were very much sort of cast from the same mould, I mean, I think they wanted to make the uh, Doctor and the Master more black and white. Certainly Ainley, you get the impression he was trying to... I the Ainley thingy. He was we? trying to do an impression, I think, of Delgado. No, that's just it. I mean, he was under... There's a couple of times where you see how Ainley would really like to play. One of them survival, which is a yeah. lot more... It's restrained, it's less hammy. Yes. Um, also, I quite like, and this is something you're going to have to try and source, uh, or I'll bring around, it's on a survival DVD. They've got the um, Destiny of the Doctor's computer game Links with Ainley, where he's a bit... <laughs> Sorry, Adam's just done his impression of Links the Sontaran. Go on, do it. <laughs> Rawr. 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 <laughs> um, and... Uh, go to our links page on the site. You'll understand everything. Oh, God. <laughs> you won't um, understand. <laughs> and Nobody does. In those uh, links for Destiny of the Doctors, he... Stop doing that. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> he's slightly more barking mad. Uh, okay. And it's a better, it is a better performance for it. Getting more towards Sim. Uh, well, sort of maybe not, not, not quite. He's enjoying himself more. But it's not the... <laughs> Sort of in enjoyment. It's 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 a little bit more open. A little. Okay. Um, he's having fun rather mm. than silly little belly laugh. You know, stalk around in crushed black velvet. Um, <laughs> he, he he got told by JNT there was a certain way he wanted to play it, and that was it. Yeah. He was very much constrained by that. Um, I don't think you can compare Ainley to Delgado. The two of them are very different. Delgado was suave. He was debonair. He was. You know, you would take him round to see, you know, for dinner with your parents. 
mainly because he was the master and you would well, obey him. Uh, I mean, but, I wasn't referring to personality. I mean, um, uh, personality traits as such, just their appearances. He's sort of all black. Oh, I do apologize. Um, the, uh, the, well, again, Amy lost out there. He, apart from survival, he had this ridiculous crushed velvet tailcoat pantomime villain outfit. <laughs> uh, whereas Delgado had his narrow jacket or just a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh, all right, all right. He had robes in the demons. I like Sim's performance, except it didn't have the necessary gravitas in places. Yes. And that, I think, again, is very probably down to his age. Mm. Whereas, yeah. I mean, I'll go, I mean, go back to the comparisons with uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker. Could be. I'd have to rewatch that. I haven't watched that film in ages. I, I liked it. I, I mean, the setup was good. Bit iffy about the sound of drums themselves, what it referred to. Really well, nice. Oh, well, suddenly, all the way through, he had the sound of drums in his head that he never, ever mentioned before. He was a more strained character before, maybe... They were fainter. No, no, maybe it's, he was less inclined to share that sort of information. No, I don't know. Uh-huh. Hmm. Sim is just completely off his head and... It's cake. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it again explained... I, I did like the throwaway line about how the Master came back from... Where he yes, was. I wondered how they'd uh, deal with that. Lovely little throwaway line. When I got resurrected, I blah blah. Yeah, brilliant. Time Lords resurrected him for the Time War. That's it. That's all you need to know. Yep, that's um, fair enough, I suppose. It also, it obviously allows him to have another whole set of re- regenerations. Of course, which is very handy when John Sims is the type of guy who won't want to reprise the role. I suspect. No, no. Um, depends. I mean, the difference, I suppose, with Life on Mars was he was he was in practically every scene, and mm-hmm. it was, he was a he- heavy workload for him. Yeah, this could be easier. Could be in a month or so out of a schedule, he could enjoy himself a if bit more. If it just boils down to maybe one or two episodes per season, but I think generally he's the sort of guy who's only ever done a season or two of anything. Anything he's been John Cleese. Lakes he was in, wasn't he, for the first two series? I don't know. Uh, I was in the Lakes, but I don't know how long he was in it. Yeah, for. I think he was only in the first two. Well, State of Play was a one-off, wasn't State it? State of Play was, yeah, a one-off. And, um, oh, the other things tend to be miniseries. He's not the sort of guy, I think, who would want to, a recurring role, which is why they... He doesn't want to be typecast. I, I do have to sort of interject something here, something that uh, Gene, our friend of ours, Gene, told us on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Basically, Johnson and Philip Glinster uh, have teamed up again to record a short film mm-hmm. about a couple of bank robbers. It's set in the 80s. And whilst they were filming it, they're filming it around Ooh. where Gene lives. Right. <laughs> Somebody got run over whilst... not I don't know if it was a member of the crew. I think it was a member of the public got run over. Okay. Close to where they were filming. So, of course, Philip Glinster and Johnson, dressed up in old 80s fashions, yep. go running over to him. Okay. The guy wakes up, mm-hmm. <laughs> regains consciousness. Huh? Is he mad? Has he gone back in time, Tom or is he in a coma? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that tickles me. That story. I, I got to admit. <laughs> I, no, I don't know. I, did, I mean, what's it? Um, the DWM editorial. The uh, it sort of suggested. Well, that explains some of the more cake. Uh, things that the master did. Hmm, those drums are loud today. I'd better go and meddle with the Magna Carta. <laughs> um, he, he always did seem to lack cause. He wants to take over the world, but why? Then what? Something to do. Yeah. Well, to take over the world, it's used as a power base to start taking over everything else. It's the same with absolutely any dictatorial, megalomaniac sort of thing. What do you do? That You can only go so far. I mean, that actually got um, addressed in Jubilee, I think. Did it? Yes, the Rob Sherman Dalek story. For Big Finish. 
Right. I'm having to stretch my memory here a little bit, so if I get this wrong, I apologise. But I think the, the damaged Dalek might have been tortured, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Spoiler alert, if you haven't heard it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it was a case of it realised that eventually, if the Daleks did conquer the universe, what would they then do? They would have no purpose. Yeah. Therefore, they might as well just stop now. Mm. So, again, it's not a case of why is he doing anything else like that or anything else. It's, it's just he does it because it's there, doesn't think ahead, just power base for the next thing, for the next thing, for the next thing, for, for the next thing. Maybe. So Plus, he's, he's mad as cake. Does he yeah, need a reason? Well, exactly. I, I quite liked the sound of drums. It had a good build-up. Yeah. I thought it was a good build-up. You know, nice little cliffhanger. Where the hell is this going to go? Meanwhile, one year later... <laughs> <laughs> that surprised me. I wasn't expecting that suddenly to jump a year further ahead. I expected, you know, the first five minutes, the tenant's doctor to be brought back to his normal age, and then they go running about to save the day. Mm-hmm. Not at all what I expected. So I'm probably quite glad it wasn't what I expected, to be honest. But, uh, what, even Dr. Dobby? That <laughs> wasn't so good, but... Uh, he did have a very sort of marked resemblance to Dobby the house elf, though. Yes. 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 I wasn't overly impressed with Last of the Time Lords. It was all right. It was well, good. You can see what they were trying to do. Yeah. But I think their grasp exceeded their reach to a certain points. They were tying up a lot of ends. Yes. <laughs> However, it was a case you had the location filming for Martha, and everything yeah. else is set just on this practically, practically the one set of yes. the Valiant Bridge. Yep. Which... Why did the Valiant remind me of um, Skybase? That was Captain Scarlet. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that's obviously a deliberate... Tip of the hat. Yeah, it's got to be. There's something about Last of the Time Lords that just didn't quite ring true. You know, 5 out of 10 could have done better. Yeah. Uh, Nice idea, isn't it? Nice that they managed to tie everything up. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know, I would have preferred a more one-on-one Doctor Master. Yeah. You know, let's try and out to... I mean, what's it? Steve Moffat came out with a brilliant thing when it came to the Curse of Fatal Death. Uh, For those people who don't know what the Curse of Fatal Death is, it was a comic relief sketch back in about 98, 99, Mm. which affectionately mocked Doctor Who. I've forgotten it was him that did it, isn't it? Yeah, um, it was It was very cleverly done. Yeah. It was very affectionate. It didn't didn't point out wobbly ce- wobbly scenery or anything else like that. It pointed <laughs> out some of the ludicrousness of the actual premise. Yeah. And it also played around with time travel and stuff like that. But the yeah. whole point about the Doctor and the Master is that there was a case of basically these two overgrown schoolboys trying to outdo each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that didn't feel... It just... I was wanting a good on battle of wits between the Doctor and the Master. Yeah. Instead, we got the Doctor effectively sidelined yes. so Martha could save the day. It's often the case in these end, end of seasons, like um, Eccleston's last episode. Basically, uh, he was sat in a, the control room Fiddling. missing around wires. Yeah. Mm. yeah, again, kicks. Me, well, yeah. It goes back to your previous arguments about um, Martha not, not having a great deal to do in the previous episodes. Yeah, I was... I mean, maybe it, it was their intention to, you know, to, for this episode to be her showcase, so to speak. I don't think they really succeeded in that. I no. still think Martha was a very neglected character mm-hmm. over the series. And obviously her being written out to a certain extent next year means it's not going to be addressed well, for quite a while. Mm, I think she's going to be appearing in Torchwood. Yeah, she's going to get laid episodes. by something. Something she's in Torchwood. <laughs> Everyone gets laid in Torchwood, you just don't know by what. Or who. I think Torchwood is more by what. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you've got to be somebody female in Torchwood. Well, That's the way uh, it seems to work in that program. Or bisexual. Or pansexual. Mm. Um, yes. So, yeah, I'm still somewhat disappointed with Martha as a whole this season. Mm-hmm. Not, still not as good as how they 
portrayed Rose. No. And that's nothing to do with Freeman. That's just the way it's been written. I think yeah. she had a could have done a lot more if she'd been given the chance. I agree. No, I do agree. But even with this, like I said, the last it was just balanced wrong. It should have been the Doctor Master confrontation. They build up this big villain. It's the Master. The Master's back, and inside, the Doctor completely out of it. I did like the idea that the Master was almost doing it to put the Doctor down. It was a very personal. Well, it always was. I mean, he could never bring himself to kill the Doctor without humiliating him first. Oh, yeah. yeah, they'd never really made a point of that before, and they did here. And I thought that was rather good that if they were equals. And the master was out to put down his old school chum and is basically his rival. Even though they were talking about the size of their sonic screwdrivers. <laughs> yeah. Apparently my, that was an, that was an on-set thing. They had constant squabbles about that. <laughs> about what was better, laser or sonic. <laughs> and pa- apparently uh, Russell T. Davis did get a, te- a complaining text saying his screwdriver's bigger than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely seriously, I suspect. I, I don't think so. No. Either, but so. Besides, so Last of the Time Lords could have done better. Size isn't everything, though. <laughs> could have done better, Last of the Time Lords. They can always do better. I'd give it a six and a half out of ten. Uh, now, you see, if we were a Doctor Who podshock, we'd be doing groans. Tardis groans out Tardis of groans. My Tardis groans out of five would probably be three. I'm not going to do TARDIS groans. We're not going to have anything as naff as that. Do you hear me? You're naff! And then, of course, the final part of the series, The Infinite Quest. Surely set before. We don't know. Might have been in between. Maybe. Yes, we we, we just don't know. The Infinite Quest, uh, that was a cartoon series, which was broadcast in little chunks throughout the kiddie program, uh, Totally Doctor Who, on CBBC. And they ended up broadcasting the full chunk of about 45 minutes worth. Really? Full cartoon thing on BBC Two on Saturday. Which reminds me, we've got to let people know when we're recording this. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. (laughs) Yes, happy degenerate (laughs) colonist day. Um, (laughs) Or if you're British, oh bugger, we've lost a colonist. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Who let that goose in here? (laughs) So, Infinite Quest. (laughs) Animation wasn't exactly top-notch. Nice computer graphics. It was very smooth in places, this, that, and the other. I think they could have made far better use of the fact it was animated. Marked improvement on Scream of the Shalker. Well, animation-wise. Animation-wise, Oh, well, yeah, there's a a reason for that, because the internet can only take so many frames per second, Mm, whereas television and DVD, for example, the Invasion reconstructions they can go up to full frame rate per second mm-hmm. jobby i don't think they utilized the fact it was animated they could have come up with some really great landscapes instead you had a desert yeah you had a very dark planty area which wasn't much yeah and then you had the inside of a prison mm-hmm. which wasn't much and then you basically had well the infinite itself and which was very dark and a little bit in space and that was it yeah. It could have been better. They they could have had a Coruscant-style place. They could have had... They really could have gone to town, and they didn't. Well, you know, having a flashy background perhaps would highlight the static quality of the, mm. uh, the, the figures. Well, no, 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 that's not, no, 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 that's not what considering I'm thinking. This, I, considering what was aimed at sort of children's TV. I suppose, again, you know, I'm nearly 40, perhaps. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to be judging this. But I, I wasn't <laughs> thinking too flashy it was just the very style of it was a case of oh god desert dark area inside prison thing 
they could have gone for something a little... They could have taken it a bit more out there. Perhaps. You know? Yeah. I did like the fact that for the full-length version, they actually did an animated version of the title sequence. They used the computer graphics from the title sequence, but the actual police box is removed, and an animated version of the police box goes okay. there. <laughs> I think that, that tickles me, that does. Um, Indeed. Yeah, so um, it was all right. I haven't seen the final part, because for some bizarre reason, they didn't show it in Totally Dog 2. They, they left it to be shown in either the full thing, or maybe it was available somewhere else. But the last part wasn't shown in the no, final. Uh, it was, it was shown um, on BBC2 the following morning. Was it? I've got it on video cassette. Well, I had video. Totally Doctor Who set up on my TV drive, my TiVo-like DVR. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that didn't pick up. Well, didn't, doesn't you got, like, keyword Doctor Who? No. No, you do well, it seriously. Well, that's silly, leads. isn't it? It's not as good as the TiVo, frankly. But, nonetheless, I missed the final part. Well, you see, I would bring it around on video cassette. But have, you mm-hmm. don't have a video cassette recorder anymore. No, no. Get rid of that junk. Regretting it now, though, aren't we? No, I look watch it on YouTube. Um, and the final thing, apart from Kylie Minogue at Christmas, which is fair enough, like the idea of the Titanic bursting through the TARDIS walls made me chuckle. And of course, you've now got the annual event of something appearing in the TARDIS, going. Mm-hmm. So the Doctor can go, what? what, 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 what? I did wonder when that happened. It looked quite realistic. Did they really destroy the walls of the TARDIS set? Who knows? I always thought the TARDIS was impregnable. Well, I get the feeling. That, I mean, I don't think that's going to be the Titanic. Titanic. No. For a start, it, somehow it must have got into the vortex. Mm. Um, into the dimensions of the TARDIS. You also got the, the, the very title, Voyage of the Damned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know, we'll wait and see. I don't mind the idea of Kylie Minogue being in it. No, I have no problem. Think, however, this is July the 4th. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. news mm-hmm. broke, I believe. They found George Bush's brain. Today, or. It's news to me today, so... Uh... It's either broke yesterday, late yesterday, something like that. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Tate is the new companion. Why? <sighs> I Why? could see the merit of Donna as a companion in The Christmas Invasion. What as a one-off, yes. As a contrast to Rose. Yeah. I was led to believe that was only going to be a one-off performance. It, well, apparently she it turned was. and said she'd love to be a companion, but nobody had asked her. So they asked her. And she accepted. This is, this is, I'm sorry, I honestly think, it's an awful phrase to you, I think they're heading towards shark-jumping territory. Possibly. They're going to have to do some major revisions of the character. They're going to have to broaden it out, flesh, flesh it up a little bit. They're <laughs> going to have to, they're going to have to make it a lot more serious. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, Doctor's about fun and this, that and the other. You can have that. But I'm sorry, uh, you know, to build up towards a decent climax. Can you imagine something like The Empty Child and The Doctor Dancers with Catherine Tate Companion? No. 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 I, I, I didn't like um, Runaway Bride's name. No, so neither did I. I certainly didn't like her character. But I saw the reason for it. Yeah, I can see the reason for it. And, but, you know, it was as a one-off, fair dues, yeah. whatever. That Same as this gone. year, Carly Minogue. Yeah, fine. That's fine to get a big name star as a one-off for Christmas, for Christmas special. Fine, no problem with that. Uh, but why Kylie Minogue? I don't she's know. A big Doctor Who fan, apparently. Well, yes, she actually used some cyber costumes in one of her shows mm. recently. Yeah, I saw the pictures of those. Yeah. She's been seen reading Doctor Who books as well. Mm-hmm. Public yeah, transport. She's a nerd. <laughs> anyway. Um... Well, I mean, don't well, get me wrong, I'd like to, be able to turn well, around and say... Well, it's very well documented that sort of David Tennant is a big fanboy before he sort of signed oh, up for the Oh, yes. Um, well, all the past production team 
Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. But I have a feeling the production team's starting to get a little bit self-indulgent. Yes. Um, they're going to have to watch that. I would be very, very happy that this time next year, we're, A, we're still recording these things. After I paid us money, at least. Well, yes. And B, I would, I'd, I'd like to, I want to be able to sit here and eat humble pie that Catherine. Yes. Place. I want so badly to be you wrong. You want to be this. proved wrong. Very and much. Be happy so. about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will right, be very is, happy yeah. if I'm proved wrong. They, I mean, they, I, their casting has been pretty much spot on, apart from perhaps Catherine Tate in Runaway Bride. <laughs> I think their casting has been excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody same. believed in uh, Biddy Piper. Nope. When but she was announced. She, she was brilliant. She, she was excellent. excellent. I mean, Freeman, don't get me wrong, I did not like Series 2. Sorry. Ahem. <clears throat> Series 28. I did okay. not like Series 28. Uh, I, series I thought two, the Doctor two. and Rose were too smug. Yeah, all right. That was the whole point behind it. It was their own downfall. You know, the setting of Torchwood, etc. Yeah. blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. However, it did make the characters unlikable. Now, I know Keith disagrees with me I on this. I agree with you. I don't think they were unlikable. Fair enough. That, that's, you know, again, it's a subjective thing. Yeah, of course. Um, no, I didn't enjoy Captain Series <laughs> 28 that much. Yeah, I'm being pedant- pedantic about this. <laughs> You're wrong, of course. <laughs> yes. As, um, as the same goes, <laughs> I think the proof is going to be in the pudding. This year, however, I thought Tennant has really, really impressed me. Oh, he's excelled himself. He really oh, has. I think he's a hell of a lot better than last year. He's had, well, he's had more chance to really He's, he's, he's finally so. settled in and they've got it, you know, he, he, perfect. He's not too manically kooky anymore. No. Um, though he can still do that. Yeah. And he has a the steely edge now, which is a lot sharper and brings comes to the fore just that bit more often at times. He's more yeah. serious because he's lost Rose, I think. Yes. So it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes. Though apparently Martha's back for the last half Yeah, mm-hmm. she's gonna yeah. come back yeah. for the next season. Probably carrying Jack's love child. <laughs> anyway. So prediction. Prediction. Prediction, yes. Series thirty next 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 year. So Multi-Doctor Epic. Okay, well, um, moving on. First things first, Crumbly, it's your turn to basically guess what's in the pot. <laughs> right, what I have in my hand appear well, it appears to all intents and purposes like a very small Petri dish. And there's this, um, well, rather viscous uh, brown fluid inside. Mm. Are you getting flashbacks? (laughs) (laughs) To my purgings in hospital. Mm, You could say that, actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Have a name tag on it? (laughs) Um, This is, no, not not E. coli. Um, I say a very viscous brown fluid with small black flecks in it. And I've got to taste this later. Yes, you have. Uh, As I say, I mean, this could either be some sort of duodenal secretion... Oh, God. <laughs> well, basically, what they pulled out of my gallbladder when I had it uh, removed. <laughs> okay, ladies and Could gentlemen. Be. So, um, what was your original idea, Adam? Blood of a newborn. Blood of a newborn mm. or duodenal secretion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be tasting <laughs> what's in the pot a little later on, and I'll tell you what it is. Oh, God, how did I get into this? Enjoy. In the meantime, however... Uh, what we wanted to do is let you into a few things that we're looking forward to coming up into the future. First of all, one thing we're all rather looking forward to is the new Babylon 5 DVD. Yes. Uh, the Lost Tales. Lost Tales. Now, we're going to rattle through these quite quickly, I think. Okay. Um, very quickly. What are the Lost Tales? Basically, a new series of direct-to-DVD Babylon 5 episodes, effectively. 
It starts off with two episodes. It's got Bruce Boxliner as Captain Sheridan. It's got Elizabeth Lockley uh-huh. as Tracy Scoggins. Who yes. Yep, Tracy Scoggins. And Peter Woodward as Galen, Technomage from Crusade particularly. Mm-hmm. Technomage. And it's set some years after the original B5 series, and I know very little about it. Excellent. Because you are unspoiled. I am. I have three on pre-order. You can pre-order it. <laughs> so you that's know what we're for our birthdays. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> I was wanting a Staggering Stories t-shirt. If you want a Staggering yes, Stories yes. t-shirt, we do have merchandise available. T-shirts and CDs. So please contact us t-shirts at the site. Yeah. T-shirts aren't on the site yet, but... Uh, but I'm I, sure they will be. They can be. Which yes. is www.staggeringstories.net Okay, you're off to Lug Radio Live this weekend? This weekend coming, Lug Radio Live at C Linux. When's that, Saturday and Sunday? It is, technically it's both Saturday and Sunday, but I'm only going for Saturday. Up in Wolverhampton. And what what goodies are you going to bring us back? Are you going to bring us back interviews with these people? Uh, I doubt it, to be honest. But, uh, good, 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 good. You never know. Well, they Adam has weird. promised us that he's wearing a Staggering Stories t-shirt up there. I will indeed. <clears throat> to spread the word. Yep. And just how are you going to explain it if people say, what Staggering Stories? <laughs> it's a website of madness and intrigue. Intrigue. <laughs> intrigue. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do they do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, next coming up, uh, well, the weekend after next is the Star Wars convention. It's a busy couple of weekends for me, yeah. Then it's actually a three-day Star Wars convention in London. And what sort of people do they have going to this Star Wars convention? What are huge name stars? Jabba Puppeteers. Yes. The guy who did the voice for Wedge. Uh, so big, famous Star- people. Yeah. In fact, I think they've got Billy D. Williams... Okay, somebody I know from the Blues Brothers film, right? And the guy who played Boba Fett in the original trilogy. Wasn't that Jeremy Bullock? Yeah. 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 Okay. You can buy autographs for 25 gonna... quid a throw. I thought you were going to say Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson is Boba, Boba Fett. <laughs> and tonight on the show, <laughs> we'll be testing out the latest jetpack. In all fairness, this is uh, somebody's first actual convention. Yeah. Yep. So, so you've got to try and keep the cynic hat off. Yes. I'm not sure what sort of convention it's going to be. It's uh, it's, it's one of those big corporate sort of conventions. It's not like the Who conventions we know of old of 10, 15 years ago. Where people just turned run. up for fun. Yeah. yeah. It's So I don't know what to expect at all. I don't know what they've got planned in terms of panels or anything like that. All I know is they've got, you know, they've got an autograph hall and you pay your 15, 20, 25 quid, depending on the grade of the star, for an <laughs> <Yeah>. autograph. <laughs> so that doesn't sound too promising from that point of view, but I don't give a damn about autographs, frankly. So You might just be sitting in the bar. Maybe. Mm. Well, like I say, you've got to keep the cynic hat off because somebody's going to be walking around with a sense of wonder. Oh, yeah. And it'd be only right to encourage that. There, there's there's got to be a lot of stuff going on. It's a three-day event. There's got to be more than... Could be big cues. Um, moving on. Uh, now, um, our friendly neighbourhood Daily Mail reader <laughs> is looking forward to the Hawley Proms. Yes, Why right. the f- are you looking forward <laughs> to that nonsense? Well, before I delve into that, I mean, uh, well, I'm, I'm fresh back from the Star Wars exhibition, which is currently uh, at the County Hall in London. I mean, I was up there last weekend, and I was very impressed. I mean, okay, admittedly, it's all £16.50 for the admission fee is rather steep. 
There's a theme here with yes. money and stars. Oh, yes, there? there is, isn't there? And I can, well, I can imagine George Lucas clapping his hands with glee and laughing all the way to George the bank. George Lucas probably doesn't even know. Mm. No. <laughs> I mean, OK, so there might be some slight amount of financial legerdemain. <laughs> Fast I mean, master at the double entry. Yeah, he's <laughs> got to feed that throat somehow, hasn't he? Mm. <laughs> all of, all of what? Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen his throat? It's like a frog. Okay, this one's going before our lawyers as well. Um, yes. And, um, I mean, I'd recommend it, I mean, because there is a lot to see, a lot to do up there. And as I say, I mean, I'm looking forward to, uh, well, it's the promenade season, as you've probably seen in the uh, best newspapers. <laughs> and, well, I'm going to do my... I, no, I, I don't get to see those. It's very difficult to sort of read any of the print through the cat litter, especially once it's been used. It's, it's damp, mm, damp, yeah, soggy. damp, soggy, mm. stainage. Seepage. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so, um, come on then. Mm, so it's going to be a case of um, digging out my Union Jack flag and bowler hat <laughs> and going along to all singing all those songs you love so well, Tony. Uh-huh. Mm. We were talking about degenerate colonists, he said, looking pointedly at... <laughs> degenerate colonists? <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> no, 1766. No, 17... 1066, thank you very much. <laughs> so when is that, a few weeks' time, or...? What, 1066, probably. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> No, it's on the 21st of this month, that is. Oh, that's soon, wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I mean, all fairness, proms are, they're a bit of fun. I just, I, I, I just don't like, I'm one of these people, I just don't like group patriotism nonsense. Like, I just think yeah, we but, don't have anything to be proud of. I mean, it's just one of those occasions where you can get together and sort of celebrate your nationality without, yeah, without all the jingoism that's commonly oh, associated. Oh, come off it. It's all jingoism. Yeah. Yes, but it's done in a very light-hearted manner. I mean, it might be, but some people do have a tendency to take it too much. Uh, this is the cynic in me. I'm not having a go at you about this. Yes, this is the cynic these in me. Are, these are the knuckle dragons or lager-swilling football fans. Did you see the cover of July the 4th again? Cover the sun today. Big Union Jack. Fly the flag to say no to terrorism. Well, that's the sun, that is. Oh, it's owned yeah. by the same person. No, it's not. Isn't it? No. I thought the mail was owned by Murdoch. No, associated newspapers. Is that Murdoch? I have no, no idea. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, the sun, I mean, um, okay, so no disrespect to Talking sun. Talking <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect uh, to some no, readers, go on, no, but no, no, go on. I mean, I must say, it, it is the sort of paper for people who move their lips when they read. I mean, <laughs> they don't read. Have you not heard Jasper Carrot's seminal work? They're sun lookers. Not some readers. <laughs> now, me, I'm looking forward to, well, some peace and quiet. While we're away. Yes, <laughs> frankly. Okay, well, we did get a couple of comments on the last show. Guys, we've got yeah. a blog thingy and everything else on the site at www.staggeringstories.net. Um, we want you to, if you've got a comment, go to it. Fill in the comment. Tell us how awful we are. Tell us <laughs> yeah. how crap we are. Turn around and say, my God, Tony, stop spouting nonsense. I would. The thing Quite is, frankly, we value your we feedback. Yeah, well, we do value your feedback, in all fairness. Plus, yeah. you can send us ideas. What do you want to hear us discuss? <laughs> I mean, would you like us to interview the head of Pertwee? It's yeah, not going to be a very long interview, no, face facts. doesn't look as if he's up for it, particularly. Dreadful faces. Smiling, though? Or was that a grimace? Grimace. Grin. We did get a couple of uh, comments that I do know of. Yep. Uh, I received one email from somebody claiming to be called Cyrosphere. Okay. Or was it uh, Cryosphere? We just don't know. But Anyway, apparently she laughed so hard she hurt something. <laughs> I don't know how what to make of that, to be perfectly honest no. with you. Uh, somebody else, um, some noob called Kula, uh, basically enjoyed it, enjoyed the Doctor Who section. Oh, good. 
Um, I had a few comments about the audio, which well, were perfectly valid, and he made some good suggestions. Mm. Um, well, I hope it's better this time, but yeah. we'll see. But uh, we do have some letters which we've received since we started recording this. Um, Adam, you've got one there. I have. It's from, oh, it's from our great leader, oh, George. 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 Hey, George. George McFadden. This is, dear team. Oh, team. good. You've all done very well. That's uncanny. Was George McFadden. Very uncanny. That's uncanny. It, Got a different date on it. It's definitely a different. Is it one. a fresh signature or just a rubber stamp, Jolly? It's a rubber stamp. It's a rubber stamp. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I've got a, I've got one here. It's uh, well, it's uh, dear staggering stories. Breath. Where are my legs? Breath. Is it true? Breath. They ended up in breath. KFC. What? Yours with breath. Love. D Vader. Misses. Right. <laughs> Okay. And uh, you go on? Yes, in my best Cyril Fletcher tradition. <laughs> well, we're in the leather armchair. <laughs> Thank you, Esther. Uh, we have received another letter from our esteemed colleague on this site, Keith. Ah. It's written on doing? an NHS white paper. Hooray. And he writes, You bastards. Ha <laughs> ha. You told me that Shatner was here on life support. (laughs) Instead, I've been kidnapped by shop window dummies and had to flee using a wheelchair. Now some soldiers are shoot. That's all that's in the white paper. However, he appears to have signed it using a bloody smear. (laughs) Bless him. Because he's having fun. Yeah, mm. uh, that's, like that's, that's that's good. Yeah, we'll have to find out what happens <laughs> for something happens to him for the next podcast. It's bound to. If if you have a task you want Keith to do, please again get in touch with us. Uh, the email address is show at show at staggeringstories.net, which you have set up now, haven't you? It is there. It is there. Good. So that's show at staggeringstories.net if you want to email us, or you can fill in the comment on the blog bit of the website at mm. www.staggeringstories.net. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, sort of feel free. To, yeah, to, yeah, to air your comments, any grievances, any comments, any suggestions. That's what the blog is there for, and our forum as well. Well, I think that's roughly about it for this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. So, doodles. Wait, one last thing. Oh, yes, Lieutenant. Sorry, Lieutenant. The taste test. The tasting test, oh, yes. Oh, I thought I'd got away with it. <laughs> I hate you. Pass it over. You said it was blood of a newborn or something. Yes, you said it was duodenal secretions. Mm, that's right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I've opened up the uh, pod. Petri dish. First things out. first, this. Actually, I was going to say the smell. I can smell it from here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's rank. <laughs> <laughs> that is truly rank. <laughs> I'm worried I'm going to burn my finger off sticking oh, in here. The taste test. Down in one. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to? I don't want to. More than that. <laughs> no bloody way. <laughs> he now has a look of absolute re- revulsion on his face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look happy. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's spicy. Right. Um, it's ginger. <laughs> I think there's a hint of tomato in there. Right. A hint it's of boil. possibly a hint of dog. <laughs> um, oh, it's. I think it's some sort of spicy tomato sauce or something. But quite frankly, um, no, I'm. I'm not actually going to put my name to that description of it because I could be done under trays descriptions. That's it. It's. I'm sure what it is. Yeah. Is revolting. I'm sure in generations to come, taxonomists will put a name to it. Dear God, this is the second time I've had to eat strange sauces on the podcast. Is this going to become a running theme? Yes. If we can help it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you both. You know this, don't you? Yes. Right. Um. <clears throat> goodbye. <laughs> See ya. And this is me signing off. He's done it again. Flash it, flash it, flash it, flash it.
You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, Series 1, Number 2, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, and Tony Galichon. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is a McFadden publishing production for www.staggeringstories.net. All hail Ufafu, all hail the big floating ahead. I wanted to roleplay Doc Cotton.